Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with my co-host Samantha Tradelius. Hey, uh, Samantha, how do you feel about talking about things that we don't talk about today? I love talking about things that we don't talk about because this one is near and dear to my heart uh, because I have experienced some of these things before. Or near and dear to your badge, maybe? Anytime we're talking badge, I'm in. So let's just rip the Band-Aid and dig right on in. We are joined today by Dr. Natalie Derecka. How are you, Natalie? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. So you are one of these people that that very deep into your career and then within that career saw a need that needed to be filled. You you are a certified physical therapist. Correct. And so as a physical therapist, I imagine you treat the whole body in various places and things that people need. And out of that many years of physical therapy, although you don't look old enough to do it as long as you've been doing it, but... Out of the many years of physical therapy, you saw a real need around women's health and really the health of the pelvic floor, probably, I'm assuming, particularly postpartum. Yeah. Um, because that's maybe when it comes into play. And I may or may not be speaking from experience. I mean, Stacey, um, let's be honest. When you sneeze, you may pee a little bit. Okay. I mean, you're in good company. If safe I cough real hard, yes. It's a safe space. Um, yeah, the, yeah it, is, it is safe space. And that's actually part of what Nellie has created is that space, safe space to talk about it. So Nellie, really excited you're here, actually. We're going to talk about things we don't talk about. Um, but take it back. Take it back to, you know, the beginning of your career, how you got into physical therapy and how you identified this, this need that really is not being served. Yeah, that is such a good question because when I wanted to become a physical therapist, I I didn't even know about the pelvic floor. It's during school, we don't really talk about it. We might learn about it briefly, but definitely don't dive in. So I started- So we don't talk about it at school either. Yeah, we really don't talk about it in general. And I started out doing sports medicine. Um, I was more into athletics and treating the body as a whole. And then um, one hospital I worked at, they asked if I could start the pelvic floor program. And me just loving to learn, I'm like, yeah, definitely. So they sent me to all the courses. I jumped in, I built this pelvic floor program and I realized how many women are suffering, not only physically from pelvic floor issues, but how it relays into their relationships with their partner and how they are being held back from playing with their children full out how they like. And I've just, I, I saw it as such a whole person that I became really passionate. I would have women come to me with tears of frustration and isolation, just feeling ashamed or embarrassed to like this newfound confidence and strength and empowerment in their sexy goddess body that they ever, that they always had. They just had to learn how to get it back. And so um, how did this hospital become so forward thinking that they're like, hey, we need a pelvic floor plant. We need we need a whole pelvic floor department. We need a like we need a pelvic floor floor. <laughs> yeah, a floor for pelvic floors. I mean, that I, I don't that's that feels very forward thinking to me. What even brought that on? 
Yeah, that's a great question, especially because this uh, hospital was in Indiana. I'm out in California now, and it's a little bit more forward thinking, but yeah. still a lot of patients have done their research and have asked enough doctors, hey, I know about this therapy to rehab my pelvic floor. Can I can I get some services? So I honestly don't even know how this hospital thought about it. Um, I'd never even thought to ask. I just wanted to jump in and learn more. But since then, I started developing programs in naturopathic clinics along with um, conventional medicine like hospitals. So it's done this all over the country, all over the country, landed in San Diego and wanted to start my own thing to reach more women because I it it was we were getting so full and so backed up in the hospital system with waiting lists that I just knew I could reach more women if I went out on my own. And if anything, could just... Sorry, our healthcare system is not working quite right. Is that what, what you girl? What? <laughs> I may be biased. It's, it's working great, but I, I found in my own experience that, yeah, I could just teach more people how to not have a band-aid approach with liners or um, just taking things out of their life and learn how to fix their body from a foundational level. And it's just been so fun. It's been so cool problem solving these with women. And it's like these, these cool little tricks we learn. And it's just fun to, to experience because we poop, we pee, and we breathe all day long, but most of us are doing it wrong. So I'm like retraining people on life skills. So let's dial it back. Let's just turn the dial back. What is your pelvic floor for our listeners out there that might not know what that means exactly? Yes, I love this question. I ha I know not any everyone can see, but oh. I always carry around a model of a pelvis for that reason, because we don't think about it. But what our pelvic floor is, think about the muscles down there like a hammock. And that hammock holds up and supports our organs. So it supports our bladder, our uterus, our sm um, small intestine, and it holds them all up and protects them. But not only that, it helps aid in bowel, bladder, and sexual function. So we're using our pelvic floor when we lift, when we have intercourse, when we poop, when we pee, all the time, there's stuff going on down there, and we just don't know it. The magic. So this, thing. this, I, I just a little bit at the beginning, but this clearly goes beyond peeing a little when you cough hard. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me some of the the problems your patients, your your clients have encountered, because I I think it probably goes pretty deep for a lot of people, and nobody That's wants to talk about it. So we're we're talking about it. I think the, the thing I hear most with women is, okay, I just had a baby. This is my new normal. And now I have to adapt and compensate and live with this new body. So what am I taking out of my life? Maybe I'm not feeling as sexy and strong in, in my passion with my partner. Or yeah, maybe I'm not reaching my my exercise and strength or weight loss goals because I my body's broken and I'm afraid to make things worse. So a lot of it is just re like just teaching women um, that this is a very fixable area of your body and it comes out in so many ways. So like it can help with back pain. It can help with pain if you're having sex and you have like any kind of discomfort in your pelvic floor. It can help prevent prolapse and prolapse 
is a term not everybody's familiar with, but it's essentially a falling out of organs out of our vaginal opening. Dude, it happens. I had a girlfriend who had her uterus fall out of her vagine. It yes. happens, people. It's Literally, a- visibly falling out of the and vagina. You just pick it up and put it back? Like, shove it back in. Shove it back in, tape it up. No. <laughs> well, the thing is we want to prevent that because even if you go to get surgery for this, it's um, this great scenario. Like if we're sitting in a chair and the chair is on the floor and we go fix the chair, but the floor is broken, it's only a matter of time where things are going to go south again. So it's just really, um, it's great to know how to use this area and strengthen that hammock. So to keep our organs in place and prevent them from coming down. And also too, like the pole pelvic floor, you know, magical secret garden that it is. You know, it's not just women that have babies that have issues. I mean, some of this stuff happens as we age just on its own too, right? Yeah, with gravity, definitely. Um, like like we all know, nothing just magically gets better with age. I think with pregnancy, we consider pregnancy a trauma to that area. So that yeah, it, it <laughs> just kind of speeds things up. But there's absolutely women that have never had that have never given birth and they still have these issues because a lot of it is just dysfunction in the body. The way we breathe, our posture, all these different things we're doing in life can contribute to what we call pelvic floor dysfunction. So it's fun because I get to kind of treat the body as a whole, even though it's this one little secret cave that we don't talk about. I guess it's totally a magical place. I had two C-sections and I always thought because I had C-sections, like Mm, (laughs) I'm not going to have any of these issues, ladies, but because I had such big ass children in my body, uh, I was, uh, had the bladder issue where like your bladder, the kids were on, I don't know, however the babies were sitting, like my bladder never went back to like normal. And so it was a kind of a problem for me after childbirth. Now I'm peeing fine. Thank you. In case anyone is wondering out there. I, was um, wondering. I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's a freaky thing. I mean, the, the trauma that your body does go through uh, with having little people in there taking up all that space. I mean, I could definitely see where it raises some hell in there. Yeah. And C-sections too, they cut through your abs and your abs are so important. So just learning how to reuse those. Um, here's a fun fact. Did you know that going to the bathroom just in case is considered pelvic floor dysfunction? So like if you're like, oh, shoot, I'm getting on a podcast or I'm leaving the house. I better go to the bathroom just in case that can be considered as pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay, uh, I did that exactly that right before (laughs) right before I hopped on. I'm like, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick just in case because, oh, my God, how is that a pelvic floor dysfunction? I thought I was. I thought I was being a good planner. Right? Yeah. And we and when we, we teach our kids this and then growing up, we're like, oh, the rule is to go to the bathroom just in case. But what happens, say that you have a water bottle and say your bladder is that water bottle. And every time you get to a certain part of like, say you fill up that bladder, a signal gets sent to the brain and you get this urge to go. So it's a false signal telling you that you better empty your bladder. So what can trigger this is leaving the house, getting onto a meeting. Um, it could happen to different at different. So it's total like Pavlov dogs. Yeah. 
Interesting. Like the bell rings and you have to go to the bathroom. That's that's a really great analogy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like that. There's different triggers that can get it for people or different thoughts. So just trying to retrain that to have a healthy bladder and, and also save time from not peeing. On average, we should be going at least every three to four hours. So if we're going like more than three hours, then... There's definitely something you can do. What about when you lay down? Like I always notice when I go like, and I'll have a massage or I'll, you know, have a facial or something. I will always like pee before I lay down, number one. And then when I wake up or when I'm done, I always have to pee when I lay down for period, but like I can sleep on, it's the weirdest thing. And I don't know if that's just a Samantha bladder weirdness, or if that's like a, a, one of those mind things that my mind says, Oh, you gotta go. Yeah, there's, it could definitely be a few things. It could be how much you drank before you went. It could be kind of um, if they're draining lymph, sometimes we have to pee more after that. Or it could be, yeah, your just habit that your brain got into like, oh, we're massaging. It's time to pee. So yeah. And at night, that's also could be an urgency thing because at night we develop this hormone that doesn't allow us to wake up to pee in the middle of the night. So that's, called nocturia. So why do do old people always have to pee in the middle of the night? What happens there? You say, why do old people? Yeah. Well, things do change a little bit as we age, but this is something that I've worked on a lot with patients and clients and they're like, oh, that was amazing. I'm actually sleeping deeper. I'm not waking up to pee. Like it was like, quote unquote, all in my head, but it is, you know, our body just develops these habits and I like to retrain habits, bad habits that we don't even know we're doing. Yeah. What else should we not be doing besides peeing just in case before we start a podcast? Oh my gosh. There's so many things I could go on all day. Well, (laughs) like we're, so some things that we're doing wrong, we're breathing wrong, we're pooping wrong, we're definitely lifting wrong. There's, it's, it's just this bad habit with this the way we live, we're so fast paced no, now. Are we pooping wrong? Let's talk about the poop. Let's, I, this, I let's, need to. Let's unpack that a little bit. Unpack Just, the poop. Yeah. Unpack the poop. What should we be doing? Oh, there's so much. Let's think. One thing. So I, I go over with pooping. There, I mean, it's a whole thing. It goes from what you're eating, you're drinking, your lifestyle. And then there's also like a ton of body mechanics. But one, one, For instance, one of those body mechanics is making sure your mouth is open when you poop. So saying ah or grr or shh, because if we're holding our breath, not only is our sphincter up at the top of our canal tightening, but also our sphincter at the bottom of our canal, where our rectum is, is closing. So it's harder to poop if we're holding our breath. Not only that, but that can also contribute to the prolapse of more of that bulging down of our organs. So what I like to train my patients is what are you doing throughout the day? Those little micro dosing of bulging that can cause prolapse. So we're just trying to correct. Yeah. All these like little lifestyle things that could be causing more problems down there. So next time you poop, open your mouth. Uh, I don't even know. Hey, you know what? We're going to try something new today. I yes we are this uh, this this is fascinating and I'm laughing because I mean the topic is kind of laughable but it's this is serious shit serious shit no pun intended yeah it's it's crazy yeah I mean all these little things that we we just start 
accepting. Like there's so many people that have problems in the bathroom and it's just, they just accept it and they don't even know there's anything they can do. Nobody teaches us that there's a way A to fix it or B that like it's a problem. If you, if, if it's been so long, you just, you almost or just start okay accepting it as normal. It. Or yeah. they're going to talk about these things, right? Women are embarrassed. Now, do men suffer from... I'm not Men have a pelvic floor too? Yeah, men have a... And yeah, and you're right. It's like common stuff that goes on. It's not normal, but we think it's normal because we don't talk about it. So men, I've been seeing more men since 2020 because everyone's sitting more. So I've had a lot more men having pelvic floor tightness and pain. And um, popular to contrary belief, like Kegels actually could make pelvic floor issues worse. So I know a lot of people have heard like, oh, I'm leaking, let me do Kegels. But more times than not, my clients and just po the population in general are too tight. And so think about if you're like holding a, a weight all day long and your muscle gets so tired from holding that weight, but someone puts a bigger weight in your hand, it's just going to release from being so tired. If our pelvic floor is hanging on for dear life, being tight all day, and then we go to cough or sneeze, we're just going to release and leak because those muscles are so tight. So yeah, it's um, definitely becoming more common with all these sitting jobs. And that's fascinating. Yeah, I am lot like, of, lot, lots going there. on down there. Yeah, no, this is this is something else, Stacey. We are on to a whole nother arena. At this I point. did not know I was making mistakes in this arena. Yeah. Like, Straighten I make up. a lot of mistakes on a daily basis. I'm going to add these to my list. Straighten um, up, please. So you you have talked about how you really combine the best of both conventional health and integrative health to really solve this issue. What wh what do you mean by that? Like, what is what is really the uh, first of all? I don't really know what integrative health is. So let's talk about what that is and how it differs from conventional health. Yeah, that's a really good question. So my background is in conventional medicine. I was trained in hospital settings and outpatient facilities. And so going that route, like evidence-based practice, all this research, that's, wh that's what I was trained under. Shifting to integrative, I like to incorporate my integrative health practitioner certification so I'm able to discuss lifestyle and how to get clients into what we call their parasympathetic system. So like teaching their body where it needs to be to thrive and kind of fixing it naturally instead of that, those band-aid approaches. So I like to, you know, there's, there's good in both. And I like to combine them so that my patients walk away knowing what to do, where they can take their health into their own hands and be like, I know what's going on in my pelvic floor. I know what's right. I know what's not right and I know what to do. So it's it's really just giving them, being more a guide and giving them everything that they need to thrive because a lot of things that happen down there also stem in our gut. So just teaching people how to be healthy, how to um, prevent injuries, how to prevent pain and how to just keep your body, you know, it all works together. We hear that a lot, but it really, really all works together. And I like to um, just kind of touch on all of it, the mental aspect of the pelvic floor, the emotional. But I think you're so approachable too with your demeanor about the topic. It's, you know, you're you're bringing it to a place that makes sense for people to meet you in a place of, you know, how can I fix this? 
um, versus I think so many times, so many doctors or physicians, or just modern medicine as a whole, you know, here, take this goodbye, you're out of here. And you're kind of approaching it from more of like this internal, like, let's fix all these different things. Because again, they all work together. And I think women can really resonate with that. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Because that's what my point is, is that we sometimes even if we don't have this strategy, say that we even know what to do, we don't do the things we know what to do. We know to eat healthy, but doing it, saying it and doing it are two different things. This conversation. So, so that's why my yeah, coaching. You're about girl, to bring up the sleeve of Girl Scout Thin Mints. I'm, I'm going to have a problem. Yeah, that's where I was going. Now. Because I keep getting shut down. On they the may sleeve. be in your pelvic floor, Stacey, at this point. I mean, I mean on their way out. <laughs> God damn Girl Scouts. <laughs> oh my gosh, is it Girl Scout season? I want to get some. Oh, thank God it's over. Oh, it's thank over. God it's over. They're away for a year. It's always sunny in San Diego, so I never know what time of year <laughs> it is. But yeah, so like coaching is, I, I've noticed it's so important to get to underlying root causes and why people are in this. I'm not, I know it, but I'm not doing it and try to bridge that gap to give them everything that they need to go forward, knowing how to care for themselves well and love themselves well. Um, I think that's just my biggest thing is when you love yourself well, you really do take care of yourself. And I teach women how to do that. Well, and I think after childbirth, you're in such a weird place. I'm going to share a little, I'm going to share a little personal story, ladies. When I had my first daughter, I gained, I think like 80 pounds. It was a fucking disaster, right? But everything obviously was not working right. And so I remember going to a meeting and um, laughing and I had a little, little situation, right? Little, little leakage. And I had to get up from the meeting and I like had basically not pissed my pants, but you know, like it was there and I was mortified. And so like from that moment on, I always wore black because I was always so afraid that something like that was going to happen. And now, you know, 12 years later, I'm still wearing black, but I'm not pissing yeah. my pants. I'm not pissing my pants anymore, but how horrible I felt in that moment of like, not only was I, you know, dealing with my own hormones and like crazy, you know, new mom shit, but then to also be in a position, like I had no control over my body because of what this, these creatures had done to me. Um, and it was a horrible place to be. And I didn't, you know, I, I called my OB and she was like, oh, you can go see this, you know, uh, pelvic, um, I don't know what they called. It was like a, a urologist basically. And I was like, no, I don't know that that's what I need. I need, you know, there has to be a better way. And I ended up not going to the doctor and ended up, you know, working myself out on my own. But to be in the position that you are to kind of help bring women to a different place so they don't have to be like I was. I mean, that's that's a pretty special place that you get to sit. I hear that a lot, that the clothes thing where people are like, I don't wear certain clothes because I ruin my, you know, Lululemons I just bought or they smelled like pee or I always wear black. and. I think those are the little pieces that they don't seem like a big deal because we start to compensate to our new normal. But I want people to just be able to go out there and live confidently, whatever that looks like in their clothes, in jumping and letting out like a huge belly laugh and not worrying they're going to pee. You know, I don't want people to be held back in life. And there's there's an emotional impact to this that that we really we don't share. Um, that's very much like we keep that inside and, and yeah, there was the momentary physical embarrassment, but then there's the realization that you didn't have control of your body. And all of a sudden there's, there's this emotional, uh, reaction to that, that impacts our psyche. 
Yeah. You feel like a fraction of yourself. And then, so you show up as a fraction of yourself. And I, I can't tell you how many women after they've gone through my program have said, wow, I like, they've had little epiphanies, like, wow, I didn't know orgasms could feel like this. And even like my husband notices a difference. And it's cool to see like these things that they didn't come in for, but they come out of it just because of both the, the physical and mental component. So you talked about wanting to reach more women. I mean, you you set up these departments all over the country and then there was the need to reach out to women directly. And so you started the Pelvic Floor Reboot. Tell us a little bit about that program and how people can sign up for it because it's, it's, it's very accessible. Yeah, so the Pelvic Floor Reboot is my eight-week coaching program. And that's basically where I take women from feeling isolated in their broken body to coming out of it and reaching their goals, being the best version of themselves, showing up in their um, relationships. And I've had women start new jobs from it. And one girl, she just never even thought that to have a goal of running a marathon. And she ended up running a marathon because she just felt so confident in her body. So it is an eight week program. And what we do is we very simply like retrain the brain pelvic floor connection, we reboot the pelvic floor from a foundational level. We give these women everything they need to know where they can go in a gym and they know exactly what to do with their body um, just to get the best results. And then it's accountability. I, I walk, I hold their hand and walk them through it and um, just make sure that we're reaching our goals, getting unstuck where we are stuck. And yeah, it's just, it's been fun to, to, help spread the word in this way and help women just feel their What best. type of women are coming to you? Are they like all walks of the world? Yeah. I, I originally started a niche in postpartum, but postpartum is forever after birth. So I've had women up until their eighties come to me and it's, yeah. It, I mean, it's just what I hear from more women in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, it's, there's more to correct because there's been more time going on, but they're like, I wish I knew about this sooner. And every time I hear a woman say that, I just want to go out and spread the word because there's too many people living, living with this and just settling. Which is unbelievable. And it's, again, the conversation we're not having because why? Because our our bodies as women, they're not something like when they're broken or not right, like nobody wants to fucking talk about it. But guess what, ladies and gents, we're talking about it. We're yeah. talking about it loud and clear. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be embarrassing because everyone who comes to me, they're like, I feel like I'm alone with this. And I just get, I just want to like give them a hug and be like, you have no idea what you're about to experience and learn and come out of this. And they just, yeah, you talk about things different. I talk about poopy and sex all day long. So um, I am very respectful of those who don't, but I, I think I, I have had hundreds of women, so I know what they're thinking and I'm going to say the things that like women are afraid to say, I'm going to stand up and say it for them and be their advocate. Which is fantastic. And why do you think we always ask this of our guests, it's a common thing, but why do you think women are so reserved when it comes to talking about these things? Because society tells us we should be. Yeah, I, I don't, I think there's a lot there's, I think if that's a big one is society. I know there's different cultural, I've seen that play a role. So yeah, I think, you know, we just don't do it. We're living on Instagram, trying to share our best life. So it's hard to show up and be like, hey, I also 
I have yeah, this stuff yeah, going I pissed on. my pants today. Yeah, so I also... that's not really part of our best life. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I think it's easier to be in denial and ignore it because we don't know what to do either, or we've tried things and it it hasn't worked. So you know, it's easier to just be like, well, this is me. No, this isn't happening to anyone else. But it's happening to everybody. Uh, Natalie, where can people find you? Yeah, so you could find me if you um, are interested and have more personal questions. I love um, talking on the phone and just hearing women's experience to see if they're a good fit for my program. So they could email me at holisticpelviccoach at gmail.com. I also have an Instagram at, at holisticpelviccoach. So either of those are fine. If you're interested in hopping on a call, I'd be more than happy. I love hearing women's stories um, and I love cheering them on through it. So yeah, that's probably the best way to reach me to see if you'd be a good candidate and just to get any questions or direction. And we loved meeting you today. I mean, I, I know, feel this was so, fun. so much more schooled on the pelvic floor. Yes, How are you feeling about it? Are you feeling good about your pelvic floor now, sister? I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I've been making things that I was unaware of and yeah. we're going to do some corrective action. Yeah, you're going to need to poop with your mouth open. Okay, that's, what, I'm going to leave everybody we, It's mind-blowing. Like what we teach over eight weeks, it's just like, yeah, you do life differently after these eight weeks. It's so fun to just see these little epiphanies and breakthroughs. I'm I love that you saw a need in the market. I love that your life's work is committed to making people feel better and educated about their bodies and their selves. So thank you for inspiring us and everybody else get out there this week and be inspired.